Good evening, dear listener. It is episode 48 of Weekend at Crombies, and tonight we will be discussing the film Dirty Pretty Things. Yes. Good evening, dear listener. Um, it's episode 48. That is volume four, episode 12, the final episode of made the fourth year. year. We've made it. Another well, not year. Quite, not quite. Well, I suppose not quite. We haven't actually bagged recording yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's not. Let's, yeah, let's not be presumptuous. Um, uh, but yeah, it is. It is the final episode of the year um, and it is huge choice. Um, my name is Dr. James Evans, Esquire. Now, I'm not here specifically for you, but I am here to rescue people from the system. And I'm Hugh. I just wanted to put a little wasp in your head. <laughs> um, I, I always enjoy your quotes because they're never what I expect them to be. Um, I have a list of three or four when I watch the film and I think, oh, yeah, these are great. <laughs> Hugh's bound to have chosen one of these. And then you never do. Which well, is, do you realize, well, it's interesting you say that because for the first time, the first time in four years, you took the quote I was going to use. Really? Yeah, that was my quote. The uh, I was to rescue those who've been let down by the system. It's uh, the wasp was my backup quote. Oh, that's interesting. Well, there we are. <laughs> I'm quite pleased with that. Um, also, the professionalism of Hugh that he has a backup quote. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm like one of those cops that has like an ankle holster as well as a, a one in the shoulder. <laughs> you don't catch me out. Absolutely. Whereas I would be scrabbling around quickly looking at the Internet Movie Database for the quotes section of the film. It'd be, it'd be something really rubbish like, um, I'm a cab driver. <laughs> oh, great. Um, anyway, shall yeah, we so, uh, yeah, huge choice. Um, Dirty Pretty Things, um, 2002 film starring Chitwell IGO4 and Audrey Tattoo. Yeah. Hugh, take it away. Okay, so we are in London at the turn of the millennium. I'm going to say uh, it was released in 2002. I'm probably going to say, mm. given the ease of getting through an airport with a passport, it's pre 9/11 in the world there. But it's um, it's that kind of uh, that kind of era. And or 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 it's a fictional film. <laughs> <laughs> One of those two. Yes, well, I think it is a fictional film. It'd be provided to fly on the world documentary, given what happens. Um, but we follow uh, Okoye, who we uh, played by Chito mm. Elijah for, um, who is um, a West African immigrant. Um, and he's basically running a couple of jobs. He's a, he's a taxi driver. Um, again, a, a not quite legal taxi driver. Again, that quote about, I'm not here to meet you in particular, but I'm here to rescue those who let down the system, was his, his opening line. In fact, it's the first words that come out of his mouth. And it's his cheeky he's, way. He's, yes, he's picking, he's, picking up, he's picking up potential customers, isn't he? Yeah, anyway, anyone who's at the, t is the airport and hasn't got their ride or wants a cheaper ride, he'll kind of yeah, give them a nudge and a wink and say, I can take you back to, um, so it's that kind of thing. Um, yeah. And he's in like this minicab firm where they all share the same ID and this kind of stuff. Um, minicab driver by day. Yes, and hotel well, is, night night manager or night night deskman by night. He uh, mm. he goes to a, where he, it's, it's, I'd hate to say it's a posh hotel. They make their staff dress mm. posh. It's one of those kind of, yeah. the, it's, a, it's basically in a, a West End hotel that's probably seen better days. Um, yeah, I'd agree with that. I think I've, I've stayed in low where they're quite expensive, but they're a bit rough around the edges. Yeah, yeah, as is this place. Um, so he's, um, yeah. again, he gets very smart, you know, the, the red suit, um, um, 
and the, the smart almost like a bellhop yeah kind of without the silly hat but yeah, he's uh, he's mm. managing the night desk um um and in fact yeah he's uh one of the first reasons it's, it's uh with clues we get that it's not all it should be is um uh, hooker kind of uh swanks out what's, what's her name um it's played by um sophia juliet Cl- her name juliet. is juliet and uh, yes sophia can can window i think Okinado, yeah um so she's very jolly as she comes out but as, as she kind of saunters away um saying oh my feet hurt because i spend most of time on my back um she says by the way you'd be, you'd better you'd better check on the uh the room it's uh there's you know something's amiss there so um off Okoe goes to look at the room and it's a bit of a mess but we also know that the toilet's overflowing um mm. and um what happens in the toilet is is our instigator that or either the, the the plot is about to kick off but i'm quite impressed by the way it's handled because he um he doesn't, you know, immediately dive in and, and wrench it free or whatever. He does what anyone would do if they saw a block toilet. He kind of fashions a coat hanger first yeah. to try and prize it loose. And then he lays down a towel to keep his trousers clean. And he yeah. gets the bin liner on his hand so his, his shirt doesn't get wet or anything like that. It's, um, it's, it's, true to, it's true to form, isn't it? It's what you might actually do. I also quite like the fact that he he, he walks in the room, he walks in the toilet and sees the, the toilet overflowing. And, you know, there's that look of resignation on his face. Like, oh, bloody hell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I think is true as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so neither. So as uh, all normal so far, but when he reaches in, he pulls out the thing that was blocking the toilet, which is a human heart. Um, mm. And so of course, he knows it's a human heart because um, although he is a minicab driver by day and night porter by night, um, in Nigeria he was uh, an accomplished doctor. Yes, a pathologist. Um, but so yes, uh, but he's an illegal immigrant, hence he's uh, a driver and a porter rather than being an accomplished doctor in this country. Um, so we, so he finds a heart. So he reports it to. Um, to it's, it's, I want to say the guy's name's Sweaty. It's Shifty, isn't it? Um, yeah, well, it's, oh, it's, it's Juan. Juan. Oh no, it's Juan. Yeah, it's Juan. Yeah, but they call him. They call him Shifty. I think. Yeah, shifty. Or I can't remember what they call him, but he's shifty. But he is shifty. Yeah, so he he immediately puts this heart in a little little plastic bag and takes it to to his his boss, um, the actual manager of the hotel, Juan, who is again a shifty thing. He's kind of got greasy mm. hair and he's necking uh, vodka bottles and he's um, he's very very unfazed by the fact that someone's dumped a human heart on the table. And he goes, "Oh well, you'd better call the police then. Why don't you call the police? You found it. Give them your name. Tell them where you're from. Tell them how you got here." Um, and he calls um, them, doesn't he? He calls them, and and you can yeah. see Okwe. Uh, slightly thinking this is probably not the best thing. Yeah, immediately calls Okwe's bluff and says, now there's no, yeah. you know, funny things happen in tells, don't worry about it, and then tries to palm off with like a 20 quid um, note, yeah. uh, which Okwe does not take him um, in an attempt to stay above all this. But um, So that's where that currently lies. Um, also working in the hotel is Sene, um, a Turkish Muslim who is also an illegal, oh no, she's not an illegal immigrant, she is no. an asylum seeker. She's actually got papers, but not legitimate yet. She's um, she's basically she's in that kind of holding period between getting, between becoming a, a legal immigrant, yeah. as it were, but actually having the formal papers. So she yeah. isn't supposed to be working. That's, things, that's what's illegal about it. Yeah, she's 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 yeah. allowed to be here, but she's not allowed to work. But she she has to work. Um, so she's working as a cleaner in the hotel, and she's renting uh, her sofa to Okoye to sleep on when she's not there. She cleans in the day, and you know, he works in the night. Well, he barely works. He's barely there at all. But he sleeps on her mm. sofa. Um, when he uh, gets to sleep, he sleeps on the sofa. Well, he never sleeps. At I all. don't think I saw him sleep in the whole film. No, no. He, um, this is this was one of his almost superpowers. Is he's just he's he's got you know terrible insomnia, so he never sleeps, and he's taking some kind of like buzz route. I think um, yeah. they used it a lot in um, Captain Phillips as well. So it was kind exactly. Of, it's exactly it's cool, but um, it's, it's powerful stuff because it's, it's, it's quite it's quite popular as well. It, so yeah, so yes, he's sharing a flat uh, flower, sharing a flat with Senye. Um, 
and they kind of have this their business going on switching keys um, in discreetly kind of leaves them on top of a um, a fruit stand as she picks them up and this kind of stuff so they're not seen to be cohabiting together um, because Senya is again very young and very conservative and she basically doesn't um, she's not really comfortable with the idea of a man in her house even though they have to share it he's actually um, not again he's, when he says keen on it he wants to cook for her basically he wants to um, do something nice together with her yeah anything, or predatory in that and he finally managed to convince yeah, her to it's not unpleasant, is it? I, I, he comes across as quite warm and friendly, and actually, probably to repay the favour that Sene seems to be doing, which is allowing him to, although paying rent, sleep on the couch. Yeah. So the, the, um, she finally relents and allows him to stay in the flat at the same time. Whereupon he does make him what looks like a very nice meal. Kind of, he gets all the veggies done and he cuts it up and it's all it's prepared delicious. nicely. It yeah. looks very nice. Um, with with a nice bottle of Lindemans. <laughs> yes, and he tells her the, uh, they do interesting things with pork in uh, in uh, Nigeria. Yeah. <laughs> Which when she uh, took as much of the kind of like almost gags. He goes, but of course I use lamb. <laughs> um, so 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 far so good. But then um, things escalate as they do. I think the first thing is that uh, the the immigration officers um, basically yeah. kick Senya's door down, um, and and. Put the frighteners on us saying are you are you accepting work do you have anyone living here etc um i will course, say that okwe has run out of the the room where um he was ironing his shirts and yeah. um runs into the bathroom and then actually kind of jumps out the window as they're searching for him and of course these immigration officers aren't pleasant at all they're, are they? they're, they're, really, they're very aggressive and they're very confrontational and they're kind of passive aggressive as well aren't they which is well, horrible they're just, they're just aggressive aggressive they're kind of like completely bombarding Porsenia with all these questions are you taking work la, 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 la. and in fact when they come in um the, the bizarre moment with the because uh, you mentioned he was ironing one of them picks up an iron and kind of spits, spits on, it, on show, it spits on it to show that it's hot but doesn't just but he really gobs yeah. on it like a whole <laughs> it's yeah. like a it's horrible of, it's, it is horrible and also who cares if the iron's on or not like, what does that prove yeah. that they, she what was iron like, iron yeah. was out oh my god your iron's hot what is this <laughs> which uh, one of the things that he then he then goes around like picking up her makeup bag yeah, and just yeah. tipping it all on the floor nonchalantly and then just you know tipping things off shelves not yeah. not not massively aggressively but just there's no reason for him to do it but he's doing yeah, it anyway i have the power to do it so i can yeah I can that's it. it yeah so that's right not pleasant but um this kind of so and they do notice there's a matchbook of the hotel in the um in her flat too so they kind of suspect she could be working there so the next night they appear um and the fact they see okwe at the desk and and ask about him not knowing okwe was either in that room or is also an illegal immigrant and um, they wait for senye to arrive okwe manages to get his buddy the uh, the concierge who is um, actually shagging Juliet in the back? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just to, to, to finish up in time to race out and warn Senya that she can't come in the hotel. So she just now, in time. Yeah. So she's now lost her job in the hotel and has to find work elsewhere, which she does in a sweatshop, working for again an equally unpleasant. Um, oh, boss. It, and it, there are there are a couple of scenes in the film which I think are quite dark, um, and they mostly involve Senye and mostly involve they do mostly involve Senye and the, the sweatshop boss is a very unsavory character yeah. well, we'll, we'll come back to him we'll come on to that yeah with, with Okwe's yeah. scene Okwe now um in back at the hotel the uh, the organ plot thickens um mm. as uh he uh, discovers again there's two um African guys in there um, one of which is in tremendous pain and with a surgical wound in his side um they can't just about where his kidney should be yeah should be because it's not there anymore um <laughs> so Okwe works out immediately that this man has had uh, has had his kidney removed um but they can they won't go to the police and they won't go to a doctor they're illegal too and this kind of stuff so basically he, he works out quickly that there is a kidney selling ring mm. being orchestrated by Juan um who's preying upon um immigrants to do this 
Okwe, we should mention, has a, a friend um, played by Benedict Wong, who's a, a hospital porter at Vega and played Early just... role for Benedict Wong, I think. Early role for Benedict Wong. And put a little pin in this. I didn't know Benedict Wong was British, actually. I haven't seen him in so many American films. Ah, right. Okay. And yeah. Benedict Wong, with his British accent, sounds an awful lot like Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> <laughs> he does a bit, doesn't he? They both starred in the same movie in Doctor Strange. And it's like, yeah, well, that's, that's strange. He, <laughs> um, he's terribly well-spoken. Um, yeah, he is. Uh, considering, you assume he is also an immigrant, so he would have learned English as a second language too. But nonetheless, so he's he's a hospital porter, which, um, again, Okra has used several times to get drugs. Firstly, when he's his hotel boss, uh, not hotel boss, his, his minicab boss, and half yeah. the minicab drivers <laughs> have managed to pick up gonorrhea. Uh, so he, he, he goes and gets some drugs for that. And then, um, he, again, he goes back to get the, the drug or the drugs that will help the infection for this poor guy's yeah. kidney. Um, so he managed to sort out that, and then I think that he, um, again, is um, I can't remember Benedict Wong's uh, name, but he basically says, yeah, this is this is very common, um, you know, do you think it wouldn't happen in this country? But he does confront yeah, yeah. one of um, his names. His name's Gyo Yi. Ah, right. Catchy. Gyo Yi. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but it's, yeah, so as as this goes, so he confronts Quan about this. Juan is like. Yeah, nothing you can do about it. But Juan is also, um, I think Juan is has noticed that he again, Okoye um, was able to treat these people. So Juan does his own investigations and finds out that Okoye was a doctor and a proper doctor in um, mm. in Africa because clearly the guy who's currently doing the operations isn't that good. So he wants to basically pressurize Okoye to be his new doctor, offering him again money, passports, etc. Um, he, he pitches his 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 thing very gently. It's like, well, you know, the uh, the person who loses a kidney gets a passport, so they're happy. I yeah. get lots of money, so I'm happy. The person who gets the kidney lives, so everyone's happy. My yeah. entire business is based on happy. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. And it's really it's really just based on misery. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's quite interesting. And that's where you get the uh, the quote that you highlighted about. I've just put a little wasp in your head. Yeah. Well, again, we will say again, um, put in the analysis that this is played by Sergei Lopez, um, who yeah. I've only ever seen in Pan's Labyrinth, where he plays yes. a pretty vile character. That's and what he does play say. horrible characters very well. He does. Uh, I was going to we'll talk about we will talk about yeah. him in the analysis because, yes, I agree with you completely. Yeah, um, just a compliment to the actor, but oh, you did not like Quan. <laughs> um, so yeah, so uh, and he, again, he tried not only just pressurizes um, Okoye, he actually gets him up to a hotel and the, the pretext of room service where he has a kidney donor sitting there waiting, having gone nil by mouth for a day, saying, "Please take my kidney out." Um, yeah, so it's a difficult scene as well, isn't it? Because the the woman um, with whom um, Okoye is potentially going to remove a kidney from or an organ from yeah. wants wants it kidney. to happen. Yeah, wants it to happen. She wants the money and she's begging him almost. Um, and that's where that's where the kind of the dichotomy or the or the, the moral, the moral challenge comes from, really, because he obviously doesn't want to do it. But um, he's faced with a situation where the the victim is pleading with him because she obviously needs the money. Yeah. And of course, someone's taken their kidney out and it's not going to be yeah, someone who's less yeah. qualified than him. Yeah. But um Clear Corey can stand by principle at the point and uh, has one of the rare examples of, of almost well, almost violence from him where he basically throws one against a wall and says, you know, I won't do this. Um, and in fact, he doesn't go through the movie in a kind of a daydream, but he, he does go through things quite passively. He, he doesn't cause waves for the whole movie. And this is one of the few occasions when he like rips yeah. off his hotel suit and he's just he's had enough. I think um, it's because he's knackered. 
Well, yeah, you could do with a kip. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> you really could. <laughs> I, you, you always feel this. Again, I, I, I get this when I watch movies about guys, people who can't sleep. It's, it's often a, a common trope to show you know, the character on the edge of everything. I think, yeah. oh, please get some sleep. I'm, yeah. it's, it's hard I to beg watch. you. To, well, it's yeah. just like you look in the mirror and you look about 100 years old. Please yeah, just get some yeah. sleep. But um, again, so that, this, this is a Corey's problems. Um, Senya's problems are getting worse because, again, mm. the immigration shop is raided by the same immigration agents um, on the hunt for not particularly here, but anyone who's, who's illegal, which proves the entire shop because everyone flees as soon as they, they do. Yeah. Except, Except the sweatshop owner. Yeah, who sits there quite placidly, um, yeah. sewing a little thing um, while sewing machines around him, you know, are red hot. And he's yeah. like, no, it's just me here. No one else is here. Um, Can you see anyone else here? Yeah, but this this then gives him the pretext to say to Senye that, you know, you, you're here one day and the officers come, you know, I could turn you over and you'd get mm. set deported. Or you'd get what set can to you prison. do for me? Yeah, so he basically leads her to a quiet place in the sweatshop and, and makes him perform a sexual act upon him. Yeah. Um, well, it's really horrible because she said he says to her, you have such you have such a beautiful mouth. Uh, yeah. Such a beautiful mouth, Sonny. And it's like, oh, no. Yeah. And, um, yes, of course, Senya. Um, so this happened again. This happens uh, a second time, um, at which point Senya is cut enough and decides to sink her teeth with her beautiful mouth into him. Um, yeah. So as, as he's crying <laughs> in agony, she uh, she steals some of the uh, the dresses, hopes she can sell them, and and flees to um to a Koye, At which point she has yeah, taken some agency, but is also at her yeah. wit's end because she knows now she's she's running out of options and time. She's and, got nowhere to live. She can't yeah. go back to the flat. She's got no job. Yeah. Um, so yeah, her dream is to get to New York. She's got a cousin in New yeah. York, and that's 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 her destination of choice if she can make it there. Yeah. But um, so <clears throat> again, um, Okoye sets her up in in the hotel mortuary, <laughs> which <laughs> she's not fantastically happy about that. But she does eventually relent, and uh, she agrees with Juan to sell her kidney for it. And then Okoye is. He's begging her not to and tries to, to get her away. I think she tries to put her in Chinatown. Yeah, it's the only way that she can think to get out of the situation that she finds herself in and to get to America. Yeah, um, but also the other point is that um, I think at this point uh, they have a confrontation actually in a, in a graveyard where yeah. Corey says, because the, the the feelings between them are, are coming to a point here. They're growing, aren't they? Yeah, um, where Corey says, I come here to think about my wife. And uh, Sandy said, would you love your wife? And Corey just basically kind of snaps saying, look, we don't have love, we don't have happiness, all we, all we have is survival. Just, you know, drop your stupid dream, um, which unfortunately does push Senya over the edge in a different direction, saying that she's just going to have to go and sell her kidney. Um, to which uh, Juan happily agrees, um, but also, again, has yeah. sex with her um, as a... Well, rapes her. Rapes her, yeah, as the... As the um, the, the closing of the deal like the, the deal is often as she does this as well as, yeah. as kind of giveaway kidney which is a high price um so yes yeah, she's now um Akore then finds this out in fact senior says she's you know she's gonna need the morning after pill as well as everything else um, yeah, so she gets that from juliet doesn't she yeah and um Akore again says look i will do it because i'm the, it's the only way i can guarantee it's going to get done properly so now yeah this is the plan. So he uh, once again ransacks the hospital with the with his friend um, to get all the stuff he needs. Um, he and he again gets Juliet's help. Uh, he also gets his this mini cab driver's help with a, a good car, um, yep. and he gets Guido uh, Gogui's um, help as well to be the driver. So all all the the favors he's happened throughout the film, all the the little people he's yeah. cared about are being called he's, in. He's, he's calling them all in, isn't he? Yeah. 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 Um, and. And he turns again the hotel room into a, into a complete scrub room. He's got the, uh, it's quite sheets. it's quite impressive, really, isn't it? Yeah, he's he's popping his scrubs, and again Juan does come in, and he's um he's like, whew, yeah, this is how it's you to be you and me, we're going to go into business together. This is it. Yeah. <laughs> 
Emma Coy, a very professional, says, well, you're going to help me, but when you don't drink your um, your handshakes, you'd better yeah. you have a beer. So Quran knocks the whole thing back and immediately passes out. In fact, he does a, he just, before he loses consciousness, he starts like, speaking Spanish, saying, what the hell was I just saying? <laughs> and then his eyes keel over, he rolls over, and uh, uh, it's revealed that yeah, Senye isn't, Senye. in fact, under anaesthetic. She is fully awake. Yeah, she jumps out of the bed. And she gets they, up. They yeah. jump, they dump one in the bed, and then um, Juliet pops in, and three of them uh, practice surgery on Juan. So they, uh, <laughs> yeah, they he they, gets his comeuppance. So he lops off Juan's kidney and takes it downstairs and sells it to Adrian Scarborough, who I'm just thinking off the top of my head um, was probably the only white English male character in the movie with a speaking line, which makes it which makes it unusual in itself. I'm, yeah, possibly. I was thinking the immigration officers, but oh yeah, okay, so as well. <laughs> But, but it has yeah, to be said that right. all, all, all of the white male speaking roles in the film were populated by utter scumbags. <laughs> yeah, they're, 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 all in, they're all in a position of power, which they do not exercise yeah. wisely. Um, and no. again, so Adrian Scarver is the buyer of this kidney. Um, and he's fine. He just takes it. He, uh, he takes their story that Juan is, is passed out. Um, and then he does ask the three of them, um, how come I've never seen yeah. you before? And Akori just comes along with her, we're the people you don't see. We drive your cabs, we clean your rooms, and uh, we suck your cocks, um, which yeah. is it's it's a really a, good line. I think. It's a good line, the fact that it's almost their power is their, 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 their the underclass. They, they can I mean, just move around and see. Almost, yeah. I mean, it's one of the reasons yeah. how Akori was able to rip off so much stuff from the hotel, from the hospitals, because people just thought he was not seen, isn't he? He's not seen, he's yeah, barely credited. Yeah. So I, say the other line is given. Actually, the, the, go on. Yeah, go on. The line is given a wonderful flourish after he's gone yeah. and we set your cops when Juliet just raises her hand saying, this was me. Yeah, I was going to say exactly the same thing. It just cuts through what is quite a tense moment and provides a little bit of um, temperance in it. It was really funny. So they've got 10 grand, which they, they divide up. They've got passports, which is also mm-hmm. Koye's demand for, for doing the surgery. So they're free to yep. go here. And so off they go. Again, the um, Griot um, drives them to the to the airport. Uh, and at which point um, we should mention, yes, so uh, Juan had already told um, Sene about Okoye's past, saying he used to be a doctor. Do you know why he's fled to this country? Because he killed his wife, um, mm. which is he also murdered his wife. murdered his wife for all this, um, which is interesting because that's not what happened at all. But, yeah, but it did in, in no. Okoye's head, which funny how that would make a record, though, unless Okoye told someone, because what really happened was Okoye had been a pathologist and refused to do some kind of report for a government official. And they firebombed his house, killing his wife which he then blames himself for. And again, he has as good as murdered her by not playing ball. Um, yeah. But his, his he has a daughter, daughter as well, though, doesn't he? Yeah. Seven-year-old daughter who's with his sister. Yeah, in Lagos. I think. Uh, yeah. In Lagos, yeah. Uh, and because he's now got a passport with a different identity, he can go home to Lagos and be with her because he's not going to get pinged when he arrives. Yeah. Um, so that's his plan. Um, Senye does kind of say to the hotels in Lagos, can I come too? Um, but he says, no, New York is your dream. You, you pursue yeah. that. Uh, they do exchange again, and I love you. Um, yeah. across, across the, it's quite the a episode. tender moment at the end, isn't it? It is. She's got a few tears dropping down the mouth yeah. again because the movie, after a, a very tense high spit, allows itself to, to just peter it, out into, into this this breathing. I, out. I think that's a bit harsh, but it doesn't peter out. It, it allows out, itself yeah. some breathing space, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, peter, peter out is the wrong word, but after after something <laughs> very tension, it allows itself the time to, to take a breath. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. yeah. It and, gives the characters their dimension in it. Yeah, it's not like a mad chase to the airport where they're, they're climbing aboard and the immigration officers nearly get them. They they won and they they're getting away with it. Um, yeah. And in fact, yeah. Then so then Okoye just calls Lagos and tells his daughter that he's coming home, and that's where the movie ends. And that's the end, isn't it? Yeah. Well, what a what a highly polished synopsis there, you. <laughs> uh, as always, fantastic stuff. Um, that was dirty pretty things. Um, 
why don't you take the opportunity to make a nice cup of tea? It's early check the toilet in the day. For any blockages. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> let's not finish yeah. that thought, James. <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, just okay. We'll see you in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, dear listener. <laughs> I trust that the toilet has been flushed um, and the blockages have been removed. So um, we've we've um, been regaled with the story of dirty, pretty things. And um, since the last um, canonical weekend at Crombies, because obviously, if if um, listeners are unaware, we do have a spin-off podcast, Weekend at Crombies Two: The Legend of Crombies Gold, which we looked at uh, David Fincher, four films from David Fincher. Ch- check it out; it's uh, very good. Um, but the last episode of um, Weekend at Crombies, I- I've been enthralled and intrigued as to the reason why Hugh chose Dirty Pretty Things. Um, I think I mentioned at the end of the last podcast i i went to see dirty pretty things at the cinema way way back oh. in 2002 um and so um yeah I, I i know of the film i'm aware of the film i've seen it before but um i, I believe you hadn't seen it before so yeah why did you choose it Hugh? completely new to me this is one of the ones that kind of uh it, well i i had it in my list of films to watch like a little wasp in my head if you like um, um if basically a while back i uh, was watching uh, a, a video essay on youtube um, about movies and i think it was looking at um the theme was, I guess, uh, non-traditional masculinity in the movies, like how you how you portray okay. this kind of thing. And that's just um, very intellectual of you, Hugh. Well, you know, I, it's, it's not just a, a weekend of crumbies, you know. So. No. Um, so it was it was looking at that. I, I, I basically the idea that that masculinity could be portrayed in many ways other than just you know mm. toting a big gun around or punching people. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it was used looking at many different films, but all of them happened to be starring Stuart Elijah. Um, oh, really? Various roles again, things like as I say, Kinky Boots. Um, yeah. Look at uh, um, Serenity. Children of Men. Children of Men, another one again with very you know, mixed messages there. Um, there was another one yeah. where he's a, 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 some kind of a martial arts fighter, um, but mm. then. Again, Dirty Pretty Things was used, again, as his character Koye was used for that. Um, because again, we as we'll come into the analysis, he's certainly a non-traditional male hero mm. in the movie sense. Um, so that, again, so that got me looking at the film. And again, as I looked at it, it I realised other people were starring in it. Stephen Frears was the director of it. Um, yeah. And then, of course, the, the kicker for, um, again, what, what I heard about it, I didn't look too deep in it, because when I heard it was good, I didn't want to find out too much about it until I watched it. But it was enough about it to seem intriguing. And... Um, Again, Christopher uh, for Weekend at Crombies, it didn't make much money. It made slightly more than its budget, but mm. nothing you would consider a success. Um, and again, in terms of the, the director, Stephen Frears, he had a real up and down career until he kind of, you know, he has, with the yeah. Queen. He's, um, let's say yeah. up and down, he's, he's had good output, but it's been from TV to movies to TV to movies. He's never had like a, a single arc upwards in, in saying movies, um, but he's, he's always put out interesting things. I, yeah, I agree with you, actually, because um, he he is, I think he's generally quite consistently solid. Yeah. Um, he's a relatively safe pair of hands, maybe with a few exceptions. I know Mary Riley with um, oh. uh, G- Julia Roberts wasn't particularly well received. But, you know, you, you're looking at things like... Um, um, Philomena. I'm just trying to think. Yeah, Philomena, that's a good film. Um, uh, Florence Foster Jenkins is quite good. The Queen, Victorian Abdul, they're good films. My Beautiful Lawn 
of course, which launched Claire Lewis into the world, Dangerous Liaisons, and of course, High Fidelity as well, which yeah, is yeah. a popular film. And um, we should be doing these two with him. Well, we probably could, <laughs> couldn't we? Dirty Pretty Things is, is not one of his more well-known films, I don't think, although it is critically acclaimed. Yeah, yeah. So that, or that relatively was the, critically named, I think. Yeah. So that was the reason for playing. Again, I was interested in the uh, the actors, the the story, the 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 arc of the story, um, the team behind it, and again, the fact mm. that it, again, it's as in terms of it not making much money. I mean, again, that's probably not much of a mystery in the sense it was. Uh, it's it doesn't have the it has the feel of a good BBC Films movie to it. it it's like it's yeah. a very and it was obviously financed by BBC Films as well. Yeah, so it, it generally those the movies tend to be like oh, they were good, weren't they? Um, but you don't, yeah. unless it's something stratospheric like I don't know, four weddings and a funeral, you don't, you don't yeah. tend to see it uh, take off. Like that. But I mean, you know, that, uh, and, and I, I'm I'm sure what 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 you're not saying is that isn't a criticism of the film, is it? Oh, it's no. a well-made film. It's a yeah. really well-made film, um, and it, it looks like a film as well yeah, yeah. but there is i know what you mean but it has a certain sheen to it it's not a massive budget film it's you know it's not it's not tiny budget but it's you know it cost 10 million dollars to make and it took 13 million dollars so you know it washed its face just about but it was an independent it was an in, it's an independent film to a certain extent and so it probably didn't it probably wasn't expected to do any great shakes at the box office also given the given the kind of topic of the film as well you know yeah. it, it maybe isn't something that people will be streaming to the cinema for um this was a year after 9-11 so maybe a film yeah. by immigrants uh one of whom was a muslim who was mm. from west africa wasn't gonna you know go well in the american market anyway yeah um yeah but well, it was the, sc the screenplay was nominated for an oscar yeah, and Chiwetel uh, won an award well, for it as well. Yeah, he did. He won the yeah. the British Independent Film Spirit Award for Best Actor as well. Okay, yeah. Um, so you know, it it has some chops to it, if if you yeah. know what I mean. It has some chops to it, certainly. Yeah, I see it as one of those movies that if you know about, you'd recommend, but it's yeah. not likely you'd know about it. I think that is very fair. So I I, I went to see it um, the cinema basically when I was studying for my master's degree at Goldsmiths, and um, there was a cinema near goldsmiths college which showed a lot of um maybe non non-blockbuster films basically they showed the kind of more avant avant-garde probably the wrong word but the more independent films i suppose and this was showing at the time um and if i'm completely honest with you i had a little bit of a crush on audrey tattoo uh, <laughs> um, at, at the time because i would have seen amelie um which is probably the most famous film she's been in uh, or had been up until that point um and uh, i went with a, a friend of mine who was also a bit of a, a film buff as well and uh, yeah we thought oh that looks like a good couple of hours before we can go to the pub and then <laughs> have a drink etc so it, I, I went i went not because i'm a massive fan of stephen frears or because i had an, an an invested interest in the story necessarily it was just on i was looking for a film to watch there was a cinema and i was out with a friend and we saw this um but subsequent to watching it there, i mean there has been um it, it has stuck with me a little bit i've seen it a few times since then as well um but we'll we'll, we'll probably come on to that i'm interested in what you think of some of the themes of the film i know that you've yeah. spoken about kind of non-traditional male well yeah. non-traditional masculinity yeah. um so kind of interested to kind of push that yeah. a little bit further 
We'll do. I'll, I'll pick up on that. I just want to again finish your point about again what what drew you to the cinema because I'm looking mm. at the uh, the poster for it now, and not only is it really nothing to do with the plot, it's no. a poster of an implied naked Audrey tattoo, yeah. looking quite glamorous, um, yeah. and it's this Audrey tattoo in dirty pretty things. Um, yeah. So. I don't know what they thought they were selling. I don't know what they thought they were selling. Well, I, I know exactly what they thought they were selling. But <laughs> yeah. as soon as you got in the movie, you'd realise you was what you had bought. The only thing I can the only thing I can think about it is that the because Audrey Tattoo in it is kind of silhouetted, but you know she's she's emerging out of a very dark background, or she's she's merging into a dark background, and it might be trying to say something about the invisibility of immigrants. Uh, particularly in London. What I do find also odd, though, is that the, the the typeset and the text of the words dirty, pretty thing is almost like a ransom note. Yeah. yeah. And that doesn't really make any sense to me. <laughs> I don't it's, get it. It's, yeah, it's, it's odd. Um, it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> I'm trying to think of what I'm saying other than they just put a half naked audio tattoo on the poster and thought that would be enough. Because, yeah. yeah. Well, the poster's everything, but, um, <laughs> it's weird that, though isn't it it's a bit like the start of speechless where there are two balloons and you think oh, what's this about and then there are no more balloons in the entire film this film isn't about balloons <laughs> <laughs> why are there balloons here so yes your question about again how it portrays masculinity was a good one to, to, to dwell on in terms of it um because okoye is a very good protagonist he's mm. hey when he's been through the ringer he's you know we, yeah. we know he's a good man as well isn't he Yes, he's he's he has a moral core that he does actually keep to, um, yeah. which is which is important. But also, again, we'll, we'll come to what else he's going to go. He's got in his kit, a shot locker, um, because again, he's gone through the ringer, having you know, lost his wife, separate from his daughter, on the run of the country that we basically has to keep his head down or get deported. Mm. Is has several bosses that that, uh, that prey on him, or at least um, you know. Um, Push him, to exploit him. Exploit him is the word. Yeah, exploit him because actually the the first um, scene we've seen is the uh, the mini cab driver calls him from uh, from his shift into his office where he drops his trousers yeah. and points down and you think is this going to be yeah. one of the first four all sex scenes we see? And it turns out he's saying he wants him to examine him. Um, yeah, it says yes, you've got the clap. Yeah, yeah. Um, which again, he manages to make Mark be chipper about the whole thing. He is again, he's even though he's going through all of this. Um, yeah, and, and he does. I would also say that although there's an ex, there's an exploitative element to the uh, taxi drivers, they they are they they have at least some camaraderie, don't they? I mean, they're not yes, they, yeah. they're not the same as the hotel workers, are they? They're they're slightly different. They, yeah, they all yeah. feel like they're in the same boat a little bit. Yeah, we like the taxi drivers more than we do the, the hoteliers. Although, actually, when yeah. Okoye is looking for drugs and his uh, his friend asks him, you know, which boss is this? And he goes, well, they're all the same or something. But you're right, the, yeah, the taxi drivers, again, they, um, there is more of a camaraderie, even when they call him in to deal with all of them. They they, um, they look after him, whatever. Um, but, and in fact, he, he, they're one of the favours he calls in at the end. But so again, so Okoye's own situation is, he, um, he gets ground down as the film goes on, but he's remarkably chipping. Like, he's able to banter to, to get yeah. taxi fares at the beginning. He's, again, he... Um, He's you know, chatting with the other taxi drivers in the uh, the ring issue when he gives them the fake um, taxi ID. He points out, you know, take off that crucifix. Your name's Mohammed and the, the ID <laughs> yeah. and this sort of stuff. Um, you have to remember as well, he's he's basically homeless. Yeah, too. Yeah. Yeah. Homeless, working all the way around the clock, subsist yeah. subsisting basically by, by shoving the uh, stimulants in, into his yeah. into his mouth. Um, but he's also again he, he chat. It's called it's called chat. Chat. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Um, and again with um. With the uh, senior, he's he, he says I want to cook for you, and it's it's mm. it's not because they they never do any even kiss in the movie. Um, no. It's he, never implied that there's anything untoward with him, is there? It's implied yeah, he, that he likes to, to do, cook for her because yeah, he wants to do something he, affectionate and, and nice. And nice, 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, which which is, is a an under, and uh, nice is often an underrated superpower, but we yeah, see in the movie. She's the a end. bit frosty, at the start, isn't she? She's a bit frosty to begin with, but she she melts, shall we say? Yeah, yeah, frost probably more nervous than frosty, hasn't she? Yeah, that's just fair point. Yeah, she, because she's put, she is she is both very young and she's portrayed as being quite young and experienced. She's very much eyes down, you know, don't cause trouble. Yeah. Um, they're, they're trying to, and she's in a difficult situation as well. Yeah, they're also trying to make it look as least like Audrey Tattoo Starlet as possible. So she's, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like she's shining through all this, you know, the, the grimness. But um, yeah. but this kind of stuff. But let's say he's 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 a good friend to his um the hotel port the uh, hospital porter. You know, he spends time with him. He's clearly valued there. He's um you know he looks out for for Juliet, even though you know he's obviously got no reason to. There's a point when he actually throws a man off her. Um, yeah. But I, I, th- I think again, this is where um he he finds her being assaulted by one of her uh, Johns. I don't think he even hits him. He just shoves the man out and throws a coat and says, get out. Because throughout the whole movie, yeah, he does. I, don't, I don't think he commits any act of violence no. until no. the very end when he commits cause of, um, an immense act of violence and takes someone's kidney yeah. away. Um, but that's, yeah. that, that's not... It's that's controlled, not, though, isn't it? It's very controlled. And of course, even though it's a, I guess you would call it a violent act, it's not mm. It's not a, a viciously hot-blooded act of, of attacking it's, someone. It's controlled, it's planned, it's, it's to deliver an outcome in in yeah. some respects that the opening the opening quote i'm not here specifically for you but i'm here to rescue people from the system is symptomatic of his actions throughout the film exactly actually. that's why i thought it's yeah. such a brilliant opening quote yeah it's, it's a fantastic it's, opening quote it, it serves a purpose because he, he says it with a bit of a wry grin in his face because he's doing yeah, it to does. charm a couple of, of clients in the taxi so he's doing yeah. it it's it's what you would say if you were trying to nudge nudge wink wink i'm not legal but i'll give you a taxi ride home for you yeah, know, for exactly but yeah. it's also yeah. sums up him entirely as a character because he is he is filling in the gaps actually yeah, when the system has let down the um you know the yeah. uh, the taxi drivers who can't go to the nhs the uh senior who's got them to look after her um and yeah. all this kind of stuff people he's 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 do covering all these bases that he just now doesn't need to at all he just needs to do his job and yeah, yeah um well, he he represents it's what he represents that's more interesting isn't it than him as an individual i suppose he is he he, he represents that uh, that that ability to um help people he represents that that um close he represents the the fact that he is a good nice man and as you say i think in films that simple um trait is very underrated because when it's when it it's present i find it incredibly effective and affective yeah. as well yeah yeah um yeah I, I like it too i like it when you suddenly realize if i've seen on tv a bit more actually when yeah. you suddenly realize that some someone who has done all these phase people has won their or not won their affection has earned their affection but not they haven't done their affection and earned their trust yeah they haven't he hasn't done it to win affection or trust he's done it to be no, nice and and they've they've responded in in kind um well, and like say, because they need it yeah and in terms of the game would come to the violent scenes is the one time he, he pushes one against the wall and has a scalp on his head it's, it's clear that he is he has experienced violence in the past, but he doesn't want to yeah. go down that road. That's when he he, he leaves the room and, and throws it away. And that's yeah. sort of where Juan thinks he can prey upon people like this, um, because yeah. they they don't go to places he would. Um, so that was quite interesting as a character trait. And again, um, so the first thing is almost his his special trait is being nice, which sounds weak source, but in fact is not. Um, the other thing is again he's very clever. And this is what I like about mm. a character too is when they. And again, the, the way he gets one over one one is very clever. He he covers every clever, possible it? base. It's yeah, not just a does. case of he bops him on the head with a lamp and, and takes right. his kidney. He's got it all set up. He's got the high set of the money, the getaway, yeah. um, the, the, the passport. He knows what he's doing, everything. doesn't he? He knows yeah. what he's doing. And again, in um, 
a nice a nice again uh, foreshadowing as well is when he sits down for his first game of chess with Benedict Wong. Um, yeah. Yeah. Benedict Wong just goes, "You go so quiet, it means you've won already." And and yeah. that was again the thing. Of course, like he's almost from the moment when you'd think he's beaten, he says, "Okay, I will take out the kidney." You think he's got this planned out, and he will he will make these dominoes fall in a certain way that will land that. And that was really cool to watch because even though we don't know what his plan was, we could see it unfold as it went there. Yes, uh, yeah, and um, you know it, the foreshadowing element of films like this is 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 really important as well because you don't you don't need to know the detail of what's going to happen. You just need to have an inclination that something is going to happen. He's got something up his sleeve. Yeah, because he's not obviously going to perform surgery on Sene, is he? So yeah. he's got something up his sleeve, and then it's watching it unfold, yeah. which is the enjoyment. Yeah, in fact, there was a. Um... Again, too often the heist movies will have the thing where he, the, the protagonist will lay out the entire plot. That yeah. will, that will, and then, of course, it will have a wrinkle of the, in, the, in the third act and it will turn out, oh, everything was changed or whatever. So the yeah. point was, and if you've seen Rick and Morty, they parody this when they when they have their big heist movie. And they completely yeah. they have wrinkle after wrinkle after wrinkle after wrinkle because obviously you can't ever have just a simple plot. So it is quite <laughs> yeah. nice when it just says, this is how it will unfold. And you knew it's been all sorted out and you could see things being collected, but you don't know how it all plays into each other. So that was quite nice. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you're talking about Benedict Warren saying, um, you know, when you go quiet at chess, it usually means you've you've already won. He has another good line where he's describing um, Okwe's kind of situation because he's he obviously he, he was he's sleeping on the couch in the Senate's room, but then he can't sleep there anymore. So he's sleeping in the org at the local hospital, Shortridge Hospital. And um, Benedict Warren says, you know, Okwe, Okwe, good at chess usually means bad at life. Yes. Um, and he, he says it when he says it because it doesn't look like Okwe realizes that Sene actually is in with him. Yeah. Um, but he's he's still just trying to do the right thing by her. Yeah. Although it's interesting again for all this pre-planning and everything like that, he's right, he's bad at life because until this almost plot is thrown at him, where he has the mm. opportunity to have a lot of money and a passport, he doesn't have a plan other than no, he he, his, his plan is, as he says to Sene, just grind out, you know, keep, keep your head yeah. down. He said, don't yeah, survive. Yes, yeah, it's all about survival, like, you know, getting a little bit of money yeah. from the cabs, a little bit of money yeah. from the hotel porter, yeah. hope you don't get yeah. caught, and then you'll eventually have enough. Yeah, yeah and that, yeah, that's absolutely. his plan. So, the, of course, Gunnar's butcher, his daughter would be a lot older than seven years old. So for this is quite a redeeming thing for him to, to have all this opportunity to get back um, to his daughter. And yet that's almost like his his bonus reward. He was doing it to save yeah. Senye and, and to get out. Yeah, absolutely. And what, what I found quite satisfying about it, it wasn't that wasn't that the 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 plot of the scheme um was foreshadowed so early in the film. It it, it happened because the plot presented itself and so as a consequence it had to happen. But in, in Okwe's hands we had someone who was able to deliver the the switch as it were yeah. um confidently and and satisfyingly as well yeah. so it's not like it's not like you see this from afar from early yeah. in the film you're not quite sure what's going to happen but you you know when when you realize that something has to happen you know what is good for it yes and actually we'll say in terms of we talk about the film uh, this opportunity presenting itself as an instigating incident 
heart in a toilet bowl is really well done it's, it's, it is uh, yeah it's, it's fantastic because it's, isn't it yeah because we said it, it starts off quite pedestrian he's mostly concerned about yeah. keeping his hand dry and his, yeah. his, it's, it puts a towel down everything he's like got that. to clean up a toilet doesn't he it's you know yeah. he's thinking yeah. this is just going to be what's in here oh my yeah. god and then well, he improvises his coat hang. he gives it a jab and then yeah. the, the clean water just goes it's a little red. bit pink it's just a little bit pink a little yeah. bit pink from red it's like what is down here and you mm. think it could be anything now it could be um, yeah and then when he pulls out the heart it's like yeah it's, um, you don't expect it to be a heart either that's a surprise i think yes and it's like what does this you kind of work out what it means but it's like well, what yeah. in earth um, yeah and and but what happens next is clever as well because it, it, the situation that okwe finds himself in means that it isn't easy for him to do what a, a person in a more stable situation to call them he can't do that. Yeah. He, he it rings true that what he would do is take it to his superior. Um, obviously, not knowing that Juan is involved in it, um, and then obviously the reaction of Juan, he still can't really do anything. So because he's a good man, he leave it. Right. So so it so his actions make sense. You know, sometimes I, th I find in, in thrillers and in heist movies that the, the pr protagonists do things that I think are a bit nonsensical or, do or don't really make sense in terms of the plot. I don't really think there's a situation in this where Okwe does something you don't expect him to do. Yeah, right? yeah. He makes sensible decisions. He is confined by the situation he finds himself in and everything he does is born out of that situation. He doesn't call the police. He doesn't. Um, he doesn't go on about the heart that he's found in, in, in the toilet. He talks to one person about it. Yeah. Um, and actually, you, you know, until he says it's a human heart, you have an inclination, but it could be anything, couldn't it? I mean, the porter, Ivan, says, is that your tea? You know, it's, <laughs> yeah. it could be a lamb's heart, couldn't it? It could be a, it could be anything. Yeah. Yeah, it's because he's a pathologist, he knows exactly what it is. So mm. he's he's the perfect person to to open up this plot because anyone else again, if Ivan had found it, he probably would have dismissed it anyway, or just he would have. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you're right about that. In fact, he does act rationally. In fact, it's it's a very he's a very good character to have in this kind of thriller because he has so few options yeah. to go to other than his own resourcefulness. Um, yeah, definitely. How about you? Any other uh, themes that you pulled from this? So, um, of things actually yeah i mean i i, I think the, i hadn't actually considered the idea of of uh, a slightly um unusual presentation of of the kind of male the the, the masculine or, or the male leading uh, you know hero in the film so that was that's really interesting something new i've taken from that actually so um but i agree completely with it and um, the, the, the other thing i would say is that that for me the film um teeters very close to being cliched and it teeters very close to being a little bit too broad but uh, a little bit too broad brush for example so you know you've got julia who's you know she's the lovable isn't she really um yeah. she's a bit of a caricature you know okwe is he's the he's, he's almost too good isn't he? he's almost too nice um and the um sanya is is you know she's she's a little bit She's a bit of a waif, isn't she, really? She's naive and, and she's almost hyper innocent. She's too innocent. So it teeters on the brink of being a bit too broad brush, but I don't think it ever tips into it. And the reason why is because I think that the characters themselves are well played by the cast 
um, you know, but perhaps Juliet, the, um, the, 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 the hooker is a bit of a caricature, but she has her moments in the film where she is able to present herself as a well-rounded human being as well, which you don't often get in, in kind of thrillers like this. Say. So I think that the, I think, I think the actors do sterling jobs in making what might end up being caricatures very grounded in human and um, kind of appealing and engaging um, kind of uh, char characterizations, I think. So that's that's really clever. The other thing I think on it, which which for me is 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 one of the reasons why the, the film connects with me a little bit is because it it's I, I might describe this as a, a, a social thriller as a genre. I, I'm not quite sure what I mean by that, but it it is presenting what is quite a grim and hard life to the screen, but it is still adhering to the tropes that you would expect from a from the thriller genre. And because of that, it's also, I think, really entertaining. Um, so it's not just a film about the immigrant experience, right? It, it is that to a yes, large extent, yes, but it's not yes. just that. And it does the thriller elements of it really well that I actually think it it enhances the empathy that you have for the characters because you are I mean outside of the situation that they find themselves in they are also in mortal danger and that's quite exciting as well as I think quite you, you empathize them as well um, and so I think it does really heavily um, it, it, in the sense that it it's got all the trappings genre. And because it's got all of the genre, you you're entertained by it. You're you know it's exciting. There there's there's tension in it, um, but it's also about it's also about people who are behind the system. They are invisible and they don't have they don't have rights either. And that isn't shied away from either. So I think those two things together are really cleverly done and. You know, it's a lot of it is about the acting. A lot of it is about how the performances are portrayed. A lot of it's the script. I think the script is really good as well. Um, and those things pulled together really make it a an engaging film, an exciting film, and the film that you you kind of get drawn into into the story, not just the circumstance, but the story. So it's a circumstance and a story film, rather than perhaps you know a, a film that might have gone down the road of being very very circumstance driven very social realism like or, Ken Lynch or whatever. well yeah no, i'm not yeah. saying that's wrong you know but that's no, a different no, film isn't it different that's a different film, film. Yeah. um whereas this this yeah, i think it's quite a difficult difficult thing to balance that entertainment and also empathy for characters who are really in trouble yeah that's a good point it's you're right about the balance because you have to make the the actual story which is the organ organ harvesting the story yeah. Uh, but at the same time, yeah. they have so many other problems to deal with. And I guess you're right. If this was, say, a cowboy film, you would you would not you would know their lives. Maybe their lives are hard or driving cattle or whatever. But yeah. and living a frontier. But you wouldn't make it all about that. There'd be a story on top of There'd that. Be, yeah, and if exactly. it was a space movie, you'd have the life of how an astronaut struggles in space. But they'd also have the story on top of that. And in this case, them being illegal immigrants is the is the situation they have to live and struggle with, whilst also dealing with the main plot. And you're right that it's it's never made. Um, 
as in like just sh the camera shot them saying isn't this awful how terrible this, this yeah. whole thing it'd be raw, yeah awful if one character sat down and just recounted the whole story of, of how awful it was to be them as if it was like a pamphlet yeah. or a, a broadcast no in fact, it just, it, the place you get is when they say to okay you know you're a doctor i was in, in in africa how come you're not anymore it's an african story or something like that and he just, yeah it's, it's really like, that's a great line yeah and it's basically like well you know why i'm not a doctor in this yeah, country exactly. <laughs> but also you know the fact that he says it's an african story means that he has summed up hundreds of years of colonial yes um colonial kind of um uh, pressure into that statement and you 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 understand it you get it or maybe maybe i don't understand it because i'm i'm not i'm not african i you know i don't have that background but you 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 get what he's saying yeah. and that i think that's a really it, it, the film is filled with um things like that for me it stays just on the right side of plausible yeah. for you to be able to believe characters it stays um exciting and entertaining through its thriller trappings and an example of that would be that you describe the main story that the kind of driving plot of the story as organ harvesting doesn't sound very exciting does it <laughs> organ harvesting is the thriller element of a film about um uh, illegal immigrants in london you think that doesn't sound like an exciting film or it maybe it might be an engaging film but it would be a serious film wouldn't it it yeah. would be a film that would would have would be portentous and it would be very important and i'm not saying that dirty pretty things isn't any of those things yeah. but it's done with a touch that means that you also come out of the film thinking oh that was yeah. yes like yes they did it <laughs> yeah but you're right also you mentioned that it's like the, what, what's at stake the MacGuffin is not like a sack of diamonds that they can get thrown no, around it isn't. It, no. they, 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 you mentioned that the, the people who are getting their organs not willing for it, but they're, they're involved in it. like they said the, the woman who Rockway who refused to operate on is saying please help me yeah, uh, because exactly. and, and the, the the man who's had operated on has surrounded by his family and he's got a little yeah. girl saying like yeah. why did you do it we did it all for a passport we're happy with it yeah. we got a passport and that that that's why that's why it's that's Really draws you in because the victims themselves they they are they are there presenting themselves as active participants right that they, they are they are clearly victims but they're victims of circumstance um and because they're victims of circumstance they are they are putting themselves forward to this horrendous experience um, because they need money or they need a passport then yes. no you know i would i would say that none of them are forced into that situation i mean obviously all of them are forced into that situation yes. because of the conditions they find themselves in but they aren't there they're not they're not held in chains for example they're there at that point on their own volition yeah and that's what makes that quite a it's quite a challenging scene actually it, it's hard to watch and um, the other thing for me um you know I'm I'm a I'm a quite hard bastard here when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to films. So, uh, exemplified by a, a conversation that we had the other day about the film Klaus, um, the Netflix <laughs> Christmas film, which um, whilst I whilst I quite enjoyed, I, I I didn't really engage with it on an emotional level any way, shape, or form. I was fairly I was dead to it inside. Whereas I you, 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 you fell apart. You fell apart. Three different occasions I was welling up at Klaus, and by the end of it, as the credits were rolling, I couldn't talk because if I, I would have broken to pieces like my kids were jumping on quite happy having seen the santa claus movie but i was like oh my god i can't say a word i just can't i'm just and if they had your voice watching, would break wouldn't it 
Yeah, if, if I had me watching it with them, just watching it in an evening, I'd have wept open it, being happily sobbing, <laughs> because I didn't want to freak him out thinking what on earth is he finding about this movie so sad. But it's a beautiful movie. But yes, as you say, you, yeah. you didn't stir you at all. You block no, of ice. It didn't stir me. Yeah, no. it was a block of ice for that. However, um, when Okwe is describing the um, truth of his wife's death and the need for him to escape Nigeria and the clear love that Sane is experiencing for him and the realisation that that was the circumstance, I, I couldn't hold it in anymore. I was I bawled. And you know what? And that was the first time. The second time I bawled was at the airport when they mouthed I love you to each other. And you know, I think it's the kind of thing I normally cry at. <laughs> but um, it was... I th- it was it, it, I can put it down to the fact that I cared about the characters. I cared about them. And so I wanted them to be okay. And at that point, certainly in the, the airport point, I felt they were going to be okay. So it was almost tears of relief, yeah. you know. Um, and um, yeah, I'm not ashamed to say I, 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 I was blubbing. I was, I was, I was in bits. It was ridiculous. <laughs> and the thing is, I've seen, I've seen this film a fair few times, and um, I'm always in bits at those scenes. So I don't know what it is, <laughs> but, you know. We see from a reverse, reverse, from an alternate perspective, because I cared about the characters, I found both sexual assaults on Sene very hard to watch. Me too. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, almost. I I could see. I could see why the the first one kind of even to to drive her to despair. I don't know. Again, I already hated Juan by this point anyway. I I I don't know whether that was needed. To I don't know. It just it was. It was, I suppose at that that was the point of the movie when you're supposed to be driven down to despair because Okori's given in, Senri's broken, and it's, yeah. it's awful. But yeah. they yeah. were just they were just hard watches, and I don't know whether it, but, it needed to be quite as much dubbed on Senye for me to feel sad. No, I um I I, I take your point there. I I disagree slightly in the think in the sense that um I think they were necessary. Um, and I think that they were necessary because there are certain points in the film where I think that the the genre trappings kind of potentially have the, the, the well, they have the potential to take over from the story about the characters. Do, do you know what I mean? And I think that those situations, the um, the sexual assault and the rape, uh, oh, well, both of those are sexual assault, but you know what I mean? One yeah, of them yeah, is, yeah. is um, one of them is one type of sexual assault and the other is another type of sexual assault. Um, I, I found... It, almost impossible to watch actually and um sickened but but also incredibly sad i mean and and that because because i've i felt for something i you know i it, not to say that you know it's an unpleasant character i would have not felt anything if they were sexually assaulted but you know Sene is the kind of character i think i've said she's quite naive she's very innocent she's yeah. um she's quiet she's you know it's all that kind of stuff and you know, it it, it was it, they're hard watches, but I, I felt that they were on balance, just about necessary. Um, and um, yeah, I, I mean, you know, if I hated Juan before, I certainly hated him then, which might be a good opportunity to get onto Sergi Lopez because yeah. um, although although I mean, I think Ch- uh, Chitwal Jifor in this is superb, and he's a really great leading man as well. Um, yes, you know, yeah. I've seen him in a fair few <coughs> films now, and I think he's 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 the real deal. He should yeah. be in more films. He's very versatile as well because he's, 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 not, he's not the same yeah. leading man in his films, but he no, does he no, really command not. the screen. I think I think Audrey Tattoo is really good, but I think Sergi Lopez is superb in this, and I, I um, 
I, I'd written down that um, I've, I've, I've seen him in two other films. Um, one is called Happy as Lazaro. He plays a very different role. Um, but but the one I remember him from is Captain Vidal in Pan's Labyrinth. Yes, and yes. he is he is vile personified. He's evil personified. But he, I, I can't fault I can't fault him as an actor because he does it so well. I, I've hated him in the two main films that I've seen in him so much. Yeah, it's so he's so good. <laughs> he is so good at being terrible, a yeah. terrible person. Yeah. And in this film, it's not just that he's it's not just that he's got no morals. It's like he's a slime ball as well. He's He's cocky and he's, yeah. oh, he's just horrible. Yeah, I mean, he's very effective. Sneaky, I think is, uh, sneaky. Is, yeah, yeah, sneaky. But yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's because it's interesting because his his role again, he's also you know like a night manager or a manager of a fairly mm-hmm. seedy hotel, and you know he's again also you know, by he may be I guess Western European, but he's an immigrant in the, in this country. Um, but he's sort of like he's he's. In control of all everyone else, like he's he's the top of the underclass rung. Like he's yeah, able he to, is. to use that power and abuse it. He he, unlike almost everybody else who are of these people who are unseen and therefore help each other out a lot. He knows they're unseen and therefore can be abused. Him he's and a the guy, predator, isn't he? Yeah, yeah they're the predators. They're the predators. Interesting about the, the um again the sweatshop is yes the the order tattoo was a hard watch, but also you realise as the other sweatshop um workers give little glances up. They know that either they could be next or they have been there already. Yeah, like, it's not the first time this guy's done this. But back to again to Sergio Lopez. Yes, it was. There was the. It was. It was the the assuredness again, which also That's makes what it is, it? so much. Yeah. But the assuredness that he has power over everybody. Yeah. Um, like I say, he he does not bat an eyelid when the heart is dumped on the on the table. No, and no. at first, I thought, does does he know what this is, or does he? Like, where, where's it what's the position that? And it's only when he goes, yeah, you call the police, you tell him what you hear, you tell yeah. him what, and it's like, oh no, he knows exactly what's going on, and yeah. he can completely call up the 999 just because he knows he's he's in complete control. Um, and that that was is, is that that sense of yeah, he's he's got his hands in everything, and yeah. nothing will surprise him, of course, until it does. But what I also what I also find interesting about him is that he, he's the top of the underclass, I guess, but yeah. he, he's really still a nothing here. In the in the grand scheme of things, because he sells the the organs onto you know uh, uh, someone else who is who we, we only see once. Like the broker, yeah. therefore, is the one. Yeah. He's he's, he's the broker Scarpa. for someone else, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. And he's he's a, he's a, yeah he's has a he's not you know got a posh accent, but he's well spoken, um, well dressed. In, in, in he was you know yeah. handing over the cash as many. He's he's with the the, you know, the 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 stuff floats upwards. Um, so yeah, yeah so to, to him, yeah. and Inky doesn't care enough about um, Juan. So no, there or he doesn't not. care enough give about the, Juan, does he? No, give he me doesn't. the kidney, and I'll give you the money, and that's the matter. Yeah, exactly. You know, to him, Juan is is as much of a low life as anyone else. Yeah. Right. So you know, Juan is in it really just for the money, really, and the, the sense of power that he has over those groups of individuals. But he's, you know, in the scheme of things, he's unimportant as well. So you, you know, what what the film doesn't do, it doesn't really touch on, but what it, it it perhaps alludes to in that scene is that this really is the bottom of the rung and it, the rung goes high yeah, yeah. um and uh, yeah um so i mean there's no sympathy for juan whatsoever he's just a pleasant character oddly he's not quite as unpleasant as he is in Pan's labyrinth <laughs> there we go <laughs> Pan's that's even possible yeah yeah, yeah. It was almost again the shame we didn't get to see juan wake up from the aesthetic and find out what, you know, I know, what I know. that would have been that would have been very satisfying. 
Yeah, but a little bit again, not, not quite the ending of the story where it was going because again, it ended, it no. ended sweetly. Yeah, and it, and actually, that would have given him uh, a coda that he didn't deserve. I don't yeah. think. Yeah. yeah. Right. He didn't deserve it. Um. Yeah. So I mean, you know, l lots lots to think about it. Oh, one other thing I want you to mention as well is it's not really about the plot of the film or, or the characters. I quite like watching films about London or set in London that don't adhere to the usual international view of what London looks and feels like. A large um, red bus going past Big Ben in the London Eye. Yeah, exactly. Yes. I, mean, I get a bit I get a bit sick of like the royal family and castles and World War Two stories a lot of the time, right? Yeah. Um, they have their place, but I quite enjoy watching films that are set in London, set in the grubby and the unpleasant and the kind of invisible London that we don't see too often. Uh, you know, that's it's refreshing, actually. <laughs> and um, I know it's it's not, um, you know, it's not as attractive, but I, 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 it has a certain character to it, to it, which I think is the real London, um, which I think is I, that, that attracts me to the film as well. Yeah, you're right. Like when you say, you know, see the end of class, it's not like, you know, there's, um, they're going in the sewers and there's, there's a... No, 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 but no he's not like at the, all. The, the minicab office um, is like one place. It's underneath a bridge. Um, it's, yeah, it's, but we it's know all those. We yeah, know all we, these places, don't we? Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the, it's the chicken shop. It's the kebab shop, isn't it? The yeah, the, yeah. the 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 really busy, dirty high streets in 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 you know, not even in central London, but just on the outskirts of central London that have got green, uh, Polish greengrocers with all the veg and the fruit is spilling out on the street and stuff like that. Right? That's London, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. It's nice to have that. Um, and again, this is. I don't know if BBC is still making films, but it feels like, like when I said it was a very BBC film, it has that kind of feel to it. They 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 do a good job of kind of getting into the bones of a location, whether it's London or somewhere else. In fact, mm. you know, you, you get a feel for whether they're trying to do something cinematically, and you get kind of a very polished, like say, Brastoff is quite a cinematic north, yeah, but then you yeah. get um, I'm trying to think of an example where you actually get something Kez. Kez. <laughs> Kez, yes, obviously, it's always Kez, isn't it? It's always Kez. <laughs> But like I say, a lot, yeah, a lot more, yeah, in its bones. Yeah. Well, like East is East is a good example, perhaps, of yeah. um, set in set in um, Yorkshire, and it's just normal Yorkshire, isn't it? It's, you know, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not a romanticised, beautiful North. It's it's Bradford. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I've lived in Bradford. And it's not beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> we apologise to our listeners in Bradford. Of course. Right? Well, it's you know, it's a lovely, it's a lovely city, but it isn't, it isn't pretty. I don't think. Um. <laughs> um very interesting. Anything else you wanted to raise with regards to dirty, pretty things? Um, no, I don't think so. I think again, it's a, it, it is what it is. It's, it's nice to draw. It's nice to draw from it. It was nice to experience it. But, um, but I think that's covered all the base of it. It's, it's. I go. Well, the last thing is, it, it's, it's a remarkably simple tale. Like I said, there's, there's a couple of strong mm. characters in it, a couple of good supporting characters, and it goes for a lean ninety minutes. So I was very impressed with that when I yeah, saw absolutely. it in the first place. Like, gets you in, gets you out. Yeah, it does. Any any films you'd recommend watching with Dirty Pretty Things? Not well, easy, perhaps this one. Yeah. Um, so I've got a couple. Go, which, yeah, I'm drawing um, a blank, so you will yeah, like yeah. your encyclopedic knowledge. So um, I've got a couple. The the screenwriter for um, Dirty Pretty Things is a guy called Stephen Knight, who um, is it quite. He's actually, you know, he he, he was nominated for an Oscar. For, um, and you know deservedly so it's always interesting when films like dirty pretty things which are obviously quite small get picked up um in the system as it were in the kind of yeah. in, in in the machine and, and they get kind of 
you know um seen by um a, a wider audience the wider audience that you might not expect so stephen knight i am a big fan of in terms of screenwriting he he wrote um this obviously he also wrote eastern promises which is one of my favorite films i absolutely love that film um but he's got quite a, an idiosyncratic kind of career so he's also written um the hundred foot journey which stars helen mirren but he's also written the recent um film about princess diana called spencer um as well um but so he, he's got an interesting kind of um career i guess the one film though that i and he also wrote peaky blinders as well i should add although i've not yeah. seen peaky blinders but I, I know of it um what I wanted to say, though, is one film that I think is worth watching that he's written is called Locke. And um, it's a film that he wrote and directed as well. It's got Tom Hardy in it. And it's a film that is set in one one particular location. And it, it follows Tom Hardy driving um, on the motorway about 85 minutes. Talking to, talking to his wife on a mobile phone and his uh, someone who he has got pregnant and as the as the film progresses you realize that the person that he got pregnant is about to give birth and he has made a decision to drive down to be present at the birth of, of his child um not his wife and yeah it's a really interesting film because it is literally the camera is on tom hardy as he drives down the motorway and it's filmed almost in real time as well um but it's got tom hardy as the the on on the phone you've got the um the 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 mother um imminent child this olivia coleman yeah. um as well um and uh, yes it's it's really interesting really good film so he, he i just think he's an interesting writer the other film i wanted to just reference which is uh, a film that probably has more in common with dirty pretty things than than the, the actual writer stephen wright necessarily it's called a, it's a film called atlantics that's atlantics it's very much worth watching it's on netflix as well so um okay. I, I would seek it out Hugh. i think you'd like it it's um a Senegalese film um, about um, a, a couple uh, who are in love with each other. She's being married off to someone she doesn't love. The man um, leaves um, Senegal to find uh, a better life across the Atlantic, as it were. It's why it's called Atlantics. Um, I won't go into a huge amount more detail, but it is a film that reminded me a little bit of Dirty Pretty Things. Not in the way it looks. It's a very different looking film. Um, but it is a genre film. I won't go into the details of what genre. It is a, it's not what you expect either, but it's a genre film where the genre, I think, really heightens the empathy that you have for the characters, much in the same way that the thriller elements of Dirty Pretty Things heightens the empathy you have for the characters in it as well. And it's yeah. on a similar theme with regards to journeys, immigration, and the kind of strife that 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 that, that people in, in in these situations find themselves in so it's called atlantics it's very very much worth okay, seeking atlantics out. right super duper yep. thank you very much and with there that i think we were we're rounding in here we finally made it and uh we'll take a last break at which point we will have our scores for dirty pretty things which of course will be all important for the end of year show when we work out who won uh, <laughs> <laughs> the only important thing uh, but then we were that um we're planning oh. it for year five already we'll find out what we'll the first year of year five welcome back dear listener ah yes it's that time everyone looks forward to that's right it's nearly the end of the podcast before before we um, shut up shop for the night and we um, we take our chat 
so that we can um, keep watching films throughout the night. Um, <laughs> I don't, that's as good as all I can get with, with uh, puns and, I don't know, witty aphorisms. I was about um, to say, yeah, chat is not a mug of cocoa. We're not going to sleep if you have a little chat in your mouth. Uh, Hugh, what are your scores on the doors for Dirty Pretty Things? Dirty Pretty Things, well, again, and usually for me it was a film I went into cold. Um, but I don't know, I was not disappointed. I think it's... It it is it is what it is in a sense. It it it's it pretty much achieves what it sets out to achieve. It's a decent little thriller, a little bit bleak, a little bit optimistic, very strong performances, kept me locked in for the uh the whole of the ninety minute runtime it had. I think it's four out of five for me. Hmm. Interesting. Um and you check you so well um I've, I've seen i think i've seen dirty pretty things this i think this would be my fifth or sixth viewing of the film so i'm quite well versed in the film um not not because it's a popular film necessarily <laughs> just because um I, I like the film um and it's a film that i do tend to come back to regular intervals so i was quite pleased that you chose it actually so i mean it's not often it's not often that you get to watch a film about the immigrant experience i think that is both drawing you in not not specifically because of the compassion and the challenge that they feign but also because like the best genre films it uses the tropes of those genres to present stories and social situations that mean that individuals that are so often marginalized you actually get to see in almost realistic setting that's also entertaining a bit of a mouthful but um i think that every time i watch this film it, i enjoy it a little bit more and um for me i'm going to give it five disembodied crombie heads wow. it's one of my favorite films um and i think the last time i watched it i think i gave it a four as well but having watched it this time i was engrossed completely in the film i didn't take my eyes off the screen once in 90 minutes i cried i laughed at points i was shocked i was saddened I don't think it's I think that's what you want in in films isn't it you want all yeah. of those emotions yeah. and it, it tied it up in a nice package and uh, you know well done well done everyone involved Excellent. Strong <laughs> and well done to you for choosing it as well I know who would have thought I'd pick a film again this is not the first time I've picked a film where you've scored it higher um but well, yeah it's I, the first I, time I, you've picked a film that I've scored a five this year either is it oh well it's um but yeah, I, I definitely, I sometimes hope you'll enjoy the films I pick. I never thought I'd actually pick one of your, your very favourites, so that's quite good. Um, well, as I, as I say, I think it's great. I've always enjoyed it. I've yeah. always enjoyed it. I think as I've got older, I've enjoyed it more. As I've understood more, the cinematic history, not the cinematic history, but the, the, the kind of the, the, the things I enjoy about land. Yeah, cinematic language. Yeah. That's exactly right. The cinematic language. And so I, I invested, I've got more invested in it and I, I get it more. And, interesting and the story is i don't know it's just it's just brilliant so i don't think I've, I've not always given it five stars but i think i think it is a five star film um and as i've got older i've, I've just i've just engaged with it more enjoyed it more so i'm glad i watched it again excellent excellent well then let's uh, see if we can continue the streak for for next year uh, well here we are then so the first thing to say is as yes. we usually do every two years an arbitrary um length of time <laughs> every two we years. swap if we swap around the order um, that we choose the films. So um, for January's... Um, I do love the fact you think our, our listening audience, such as they are, are remotely aware or interested in what how this works. <laughs> it's like, oh, I can't... Like, we'll oh, get oh, let's say, but some... it was James's turn to pick the film. What's going on? 
Someone somewhere is sitting excitedly at the edge of their seat, knowing this is the flip year. This is the flip year. So it's the year that Hugh obviously chooses the first film in our year five. Um, and so it's Hugh's choice again. What will be the film for 2022? 2022, obviously, because it's a flip year, um, suitably, I've chosen the film Quick Change. <laughs> Quick Change. <laughs> oh, dear. Now that's, thank you, Hugh. Um, I look forward to reviewing that with you. Interestingly, was on my list of films to watch in 2022 as well so we are obviously symbiotic here <laughs> that's why i chuckled that's why i chuckled quite quite a lot because I, I i had that down as as one of my six because as you know i always choose the six before the year starts so i'll choose another one okay very good very good but as james scrambles back to his spreadsheet to try and uh, draw up <laughs> something else for his plans in tatters whereas i just picked up a bit of scrap of paper i had written down <laughs> uh, damn you, you. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you get for messing with the flip year. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's also worth it's it's well, before we go, it's also worth just reminding people that uh, we do have an wrap up um coming soon as we haven't quite decided when we're going to do that yet. Um we'll given, given, year, given um for the end yeah. of the year, we decided that we didn't um this this podcast was too well listened to. We had to have something that we had even less appeal. So this is us yeah. talking about the statistics of <laughs> We we had to dilute our brand even further. <laughs> But it's it's we shouldn't have our, our New Year's party, so we'll be having a New, Year's, uh, a New Year's Eve Crombies where we look back on the year and what a year it's been. What a year it has been indeed. indeed. Um, and so until then, if I may, wish you all a very happy and a very healthy weekend at Crombies. Good evening all. Weekend at writing so about the writing ah, it's, it's, about, it's also about yeah. knowing that it's not interesting if it was about a gold heist or hunting nazis or anything they wouldn't try <laughs> as hard nazis. <laughs> you could have nazis that was a big thing yeah i know it's just saying it's like how many films are there about hunting nazis millions millions well all right i'd say 30 yeah i'd say <laughs> off, something off between, something between 30 and a million i'd guess an analysis <laughs> <laughs>